Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 93, Sunday, April 17th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. How's it going? I've had a pretty busy couple of weeks. I know I say that every week, don't I? Um, lots of things to talk about, and I actually did record a show last week, and then I listened to myself, and I go on and on and on way too much. Must drive you crazy. Anyways, I ended up not having the energy to edit it all out, so I'm going to try again. Downside is I've got a whole extra week of stuff to talk about. Uh, main thing I'm going to do talk about today is... Uh, Alternative therapies, and that comes from an email that I received from Michael, which I will uh, talk about in a few minutes. And also got an email from Elena, if I said that right. I got an email to share with you. Kind of, she's got a cool story. And uh, a little bit about my training. So I'm going to start with the training update. And uh, when I last left you, I had just completed the Okanagan College Half Marathon. Supposedly a fun run turned out to be a little tougher than I was planning and well, whatever. Anyway, I took a few days off running, uh, about five to be exact, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I actually would have gone out for a run Wednesday and Thursday, but uh, no, actually I would have gone for a run Wednesday, but I just ended up having so many things to do after school that day. I wasn't able to. And Thursday I had to have as a rest day because Friday was my lactate threshold test, my actual real test with the blood taking and everything. So I'll talk a little bit about that later. And uh, then on Actually, you know, I should just talk about it right now while I've got it on the topic. Uh, I went to see my friend Rob Swan. Uh, I work with his wife. She's a good friend. And and he's a local coach, a very excellent coach, actually. And if I ever decide to go back to, to being coached, um, I think Rob is the man that I'm going to um, connect with because he is local and I can see him all the time, which is kind of nice. I think I need somebody to help me with my running and swimming that uh, can actually look and see what I'm up to. So that's what my plan is if I decide to go back that direction. So anyways, uh, Rob happens to do lactate threshold testing. He's got all the gear and the qualifications and he also does, uh, he's the only certified bike fitter in town, which I did not know. So that was kind of cool. And uh, so I went down over to his place on Friday, I think it was, yeah, last Friday of spring break, and uh, jumped up on the trainer. I brought my own bike, and uh, he hooked me up to the trainer. He had some other, two different kinds of heart rate monitors. Actually, one was a respiration monitor, so checked how often I was breathing, and uh, the other one was the heart rate monitor. And then uh, I did a bit of a warm-up for, I don't know, 20 minutes, and he had my uh he was checking by power too so i don't have power on my bike so he was getting me to bump it up by you know a certain well he would adjust the power on the thing and then i would have to keep pushing it and then see what my heart rate said so i had my gone garmin there just for interest sake and i took it uh and i, I watched my cadence that was the main thing i was looking at on my garmin so i could try and keep my cadence steady at around 90 because that's what i normally like to try to ride at and uh, then he took some blood and he got a reading. Um, and that was after I was, I was, he got me to ride 
pretty hard, uh, what I consider to be about 80% effort. So an, a rate of perceived exertion, or is that perceived rate of exertion? I never remember what order those words go in. Anyways, uh, about eight or nine, you know, so not all out. And so when I had done that and reached that for a certain level and my heart rate had kind of leveled off at that point, he took a little bit of uh, blood and actually had to prick my finger once because I don't clot super easily. So we were always able to get a little extra blood out every time. And he got a sort of a base level and then he let me cool down and spin for a bit till I got my heart rate quite low. And then gradually he amped it up by, I don't know, I can't really, don't know what he was using when he was making adjustments on his computer which um, controlled the computrainer and uh, made my bike either harder or easier to spin and uh, so after a certain point he'd bumped it up a few times I think I was probably feeling like I was in around the 50% 60% range I think he took a little bit more blood and then every five minutes he took a little bit more blood for about three or four times and he was all the time, he's watching the levels of lactate. And then he, uh, I, I don't know exactly, I, I guess he took blood about four or five times while I was continually building, 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 building. And then after that, he plugged all that information into the computer and uh, it spit out my zones. And so what was really, really interesting is that all of the lactate threshold tests that I've done so far... Um, with two different coaches and on my own using a bike trainer and uh, doing a you know one of those warm-ups like they have in Joe Friel's thing the ones that I've been telling you about all these years um, really gave me quite different data and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it now I honestly I'm still feeling a little bit like gee is this right but you just don't know um up until now, my lactate threshold tests that we've done with the coach or on my own on a trainer have always been in the around the 170 something or other, like 173, 74, 75 and up. And the one that Rob did, 155. Like that's a significant difference, significant. He gave me the zones based on that and I found they were fairly close to the zones that Joe Friel has in his book that I've been using just based on a different number, right? And so of course what this all meant was that my my really my zone 2 that I've been riding in all the time is really quite a bit I should be riding quite a bit lower than what I've been doing and basically what I've what I have been doing is is riding what what I would consider a zone two ride I've been riding in zone three and four all the time now I'm used to doing that and I know I can go even harder so now that I'm getting out there and doing zone two and then and then doing zone three intervals and zone four on uh, climbing hills and stuff I am just I am so I'm, I'm finding it really difficult to go that slow and to keep it keep it low. I'm used to riding much harder. That being said, it's a hell of a lot easier. So if I feel like kind of I'm being a bit of a slacker, um, it's kind of like, oh, that wasn't too hard. I could have ridden like that for five hours, you know? So I don't know. I, I'm, I guess on one hand, I'm feeling a little bit nervous because I'm thinking I'm used to like I do hill repeats and I'm supposed to go up to zone four for my hill repeats. Well, as soon as I start climbing hills and pushing hard up that hill, I'm usually like redlining it. 
Okay, that's what I'm used to doing. And all of a sudden now, I have to slow down, slow down, slow down. And I start climbing and I'm pushing hard and I look down and damn, my heart rate's way too high and I got to slow down. I don't like slowing down when I'm doing hill repeats or intervals, you know. So it's a little bit of a a mental jump, but I think I'm just going to put my faith in it and see what happens. So... That's uh, that. The second thing that he did was he did a, a bike fit. Now we did not a full, full on, you know, the full package meal deal because I really don't need to have spend a lot of money and get a really super amazing bike fit. But he did do a, a, a good bike fit. He took my my the way my road bike has been set up, which is absolutely fine for road bike, and he changed it significantly to make it more into a tri bike setup. And basically what he did was pushed my seat as far forward as it could go and then raised it up higher. And uh, we shortened, we dropped the stem a little bit. We took one of the rings out in the stem so that my handlebars are just a little bit lower and just trying to get me into that more aerodynamic position. Now, when we were finished, he said, you know, it wasn't quite perfect, but it was as close as he could get given what we had. Uh, two things we were looking at is possibly, because I have an, an oblong or an oval-shaped uh, bike stem, you can't put in, they've got different kinds of bike stems or seat post, I'm sorry, bike stem, God, seat post uh, that are round that you can actually, it allows you to to switch out and put your seat on a different seat post, which would make your seat go more forward. But I'm kind of limited because of the type of seat post they give on this Trek Madone bike. So the other option would be to possibly change the um, the stem. Um, God, I should have looked up these words before. You know what? I'll tell you something. When I I have I'm losing my mind when it comes to nouns. Okay, and if I do a lot of umming and awing and I can't remember the word, I do this all day long in my life. I cannot remember simple nouns. It just freaking drives me nuts. And I think it's just to be. Something to do with my age, something to do with how much crap I got stuck in my brain. I think the older you get, you have more stuff in your brain. You just can't access it quickly. So anyways, your handlebars have this little stem, I think it's called, um, you know, that is, you know, got a certain length. I think mine was nine millimeters, nine, nine centimeters. I don't know what the hell. It's nine centimeters. And he thought maybe if I got traded it out for a six centimeter one, it might be better. Six, seven, eight. But no, he didn't want me to get too short because it'll interfere with my steering. And we don't want to screw around with that. So I haven't done that yet. That's uh, 30, 35 bucks to, to lay out if I feel like going that far. So we decided let's just get out there and ride for a while and to see how it feels. So the first couple of times I rode with it, my upper back, shoulders, neck were just killing me. And just lifting my head up, it was just awful. But uh, I went for a long ride today, well, a couple hours anyways, and uh, I actually felt pretty good. It was the first time I didn't really hurt. So I am giving it some time before I say, oh, no, this is no good. The other thing is uh, I'm still finding there's quite a bit of pressure in the crotch area, um, just the tight way the seat is. And I'm kind of contemplating maybe a different saddle. So we'll see. But uh, I know that this is something that anybody who gets a new bike or does any adjustment to your bike, you you need to know that it often takes you three or four or five rides before your body has adjusted to it. So don't be too quick to say, oh, no, this seat's wrong for me. Um, You may find that it hurts you for a day or two. And then after that, you, you get used to it and... And it ends up being better than what you had before.
So if you are doing any kind of adjustments, give it, give it some time. So anyways, um, I'm going to, if we may end up getting together and, and trying to tweak it a little bit, uh, I'm kind of contemplating trying the Adamo saddle. They have them that you can borrow for a few days, um, down at Kelowna cycle. And, uh, so I may try that and see what that feels like because that takes, it's, it's split down right down the middle, completely split. And so there's no pressure on the crotch at all. So kind of interested in trying that out. Anyway, I uh, really appreciated working with Ron, Rob, and uh, I'm kind of excited about getting out there and getting stuff gone. So that was the Friday. That was a lot of talking for one little workout, wasn't it? And it was a pretty hard workout, and that was the first workout I'd done after the race. And then Saturday, I went for a run, and I ran on the Greenway, which is a little softer gravel path. And I thought, well, I'll run down by the creek, and I won't go too hard. I ran really easily. Did about 10K... And uh, I planned to do 12, but um, by 10K, I was pretty tired, and I thought, no, I'll just walk. So I, I ran 10K and, and walked the last one and a half K back, and I just thought that was the right thing to do. So it felt good. Ended up being about an hour and 15 minutes or something. And uh, I felt good after that run. My legs, shins felt good. Everything was feeling great. Next day, I did uh, my first long bike of the year. I, ran, I rode for three hours. 68k felt pretty good except uh, you know for about an hour I felt good and then uh, my back shoulders crotch everything was hurting except my legs felt great like I could have ridden for a long time but um, you know just the body parts that weren't used to sitting on the the bike were not happy and uh, got home and ran and ran 15 minutes and again uh, I, I was thought yeah I can do this brick even though I ran yesterday but uh you know, I think I'm feeling pretty good. So I did the brick and it was only 15 minute run and I ran six minute pace, six minute kilometer. That's like a 10 minute mile, a little under 10 minute mile actually. And uh, felt pretty good. But that evening my shins were sore and that's the first time my shins have been sore for a long time. So this has sort of been my MO for the last I'm going to say a year or so. I haven't hurt, had sore shins since last fall. And what it seems to be is I do a race. I'm fine. Take four or five days off. Okay. If I run right away after a race, I hurt for sure. If I take three or four days off, I feel fine. I do a couple of runs and then my shins hurt. They don't like even hurt the first run after my race. So I'm not sure, but I don't know. Anyways, that was Sunday. Monday, Monday, my shins were kind of achy all day long at work, school, like they were aching and squatting down, um, putting pressure on, you know, if I'm squatting down in the cupboards or whatever at work, I felt, I really felt a lot of pressure in my ankles and shins. And uh, I went to the pool that night and I swam 1500 meters just to get some swimming in. Felt good. Swimming felt great. I really felt like I've lost very little in the swimming. So I just kept doing that. Next day was uh, an interval run, and I decided it was super busy on Tuesday, so I took all my gear, and I, just, I have prep right before lunch. So I've got like an hour and 45 minutes, um, sort of a, I won't say free time, because teachers never have free time, but I have an hour 45-minute blocks without students. Chat, chatted with my principal. He said, sure, you can go for a run on your prep. So I geared up, and I had an hour-long run, and uh, it was supposed to be an interval run. I wanted to run it at pace, uh, but... Uh, because my 
the running area around my school is has got long, slow hills, and I thought, dang, I can't keep it go by pace. I'm going to have to go by heart rate. So I did. Anyways, I just found as soon as I started running, my shins were achy and sore. They hurt for about 15 minutes or so, and then they kind of just stopped hurting. And by about the end of my run, they were starting just starting to ache again. And then after I ran, like later on, I came in and of course, I couldn't really ice them or anything. I'm at work. I had a quick shower. I gobbled down some lunch and I had to get back to school to work. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, I really shouldn't have done that run. And I shouldn't have done that run. I probably should have even taken the day off and run on Wednesday instead and gone for a little bit easier run because I had sore shins after my brick. But I just didn't really feel like they were very seriously sore that day. So that was the one that kind of just pushed me over the edge a bit. And because it was hills and everything too, you know, not smart. Uh, the next day I did bike. I went did biking hill repeats and uh, did that for an hour and 15 minutes. And then Friday I biked again and I just did an easy, easy bike ride for an hour and a half, just spinning downtown, nothing hard, nice and flat and easy. And then the weekend, so I'm supposed to do my long run. Well, my shins are still hurting. This is after three days. So I thought, okay, I'll switch my long run and my my long ride. And I won't do a brick because my shins are sore. So I'll just do the long ride. So I ran two, rode two and a half hours and I did zone three intervals, which kind of went into zone four quite a bit. I was doing them out in the hills. That's why. So climbing, yeah, just whatever, you know, it was pretty good. Did about 50k. And then Sunday, I thought, okay, this is supposed to be my long run. But you know what, I just knew that they were not, they were not feeling good. So I went to the gym and I thought I'll just do 90 minutes at the gym. And I did 30 minutes on the elliptical. Then I did 30 minutes uh, rowing on the Concept 2. And then another 30 minutes on the elliptical. So I got my my 90-minute workout in. And I, I worked really hard on it. Uh, I didn't slack. I kept my heart rate up and everything. So I felt like it was a pretty good workout. Uh, and so that was that whole week, you know. And so I'd done quite a bit. During that time, I was also going to physio and to Cairo, which I'm going to talk about after. So Monday, I took the day off because I really felt like I needed it. Still trying to get those shins feeling better. Tuesday, I saw um, the physiotherapist and she did IMS on my shins as well. And uh, I didn't run. Wednesday, I didn't run. And Thursday, I finally said, okay, they're starting to feel a little bit better. So I had like basically I had three days off. I didn't bike or either because I just was really super busy with work and school. So I basically had three days off in a row other than going to all these appointments. I had physio and Cairo and I had an orthodontist appointment. So just freaking busy life, you know. Thursday, I finally went for an easy run and I only ran 30 minutes and I ran slow and I was careful. My shins hurt when I first started running, but they stopped. And then I iced them as soon as I came home. Friday, I did hill repeats again. Uh, on the bike, uh, an hour and 15 minutes. And then uh, Saturday, that was yesterday, I went for another easy run. And I was going to run for 45, but my shins were starting to ache again. So I only ran for 40. And I did 6K. I was just doing it in the neighborhood. And it was pretty good. There's a couple little hills, but not too much. And I just kind of went by feel. You know, I just, how how did I feel? And I could have gone probably another five minutes, but it just, I happened to get home right at that moment and 
seems silly to run out for two and a half minutes and back for two and a half minutes, you know. But anyways, pretty good. Today, uh, <laughs> today I did my long bike again. And again, I elected not to do the brick because I, I think I can get by with a couple of weeks without doing a brick. And <laughs> I was supposed to do three hours. Weather has been freaking crazy and it's been cold. It's like, it was six, seven, eight degrees today Celsius. And that's about 42 to 45 Fahrenheit and overcast, some sun cloud, but you can see that there's showers all over the place. But anyways, I thought, oh, okay, I can't do a three hour bike ride on the trainer. So I thought I'm going to do 90 minutes on the, tr on the road and then come home and then do 90 minutes on the trainer. That was my plan. Anyways, didn't happen that way. Got out, it was sunny and I decided to do flat laps with this one hill that's very much like the hill in Oliver Half Iron. So I did loop, so I did that hill three times, and uh, I was supposed to do four 20-minute intervals at uh, zone three, and then a five-minute recovery in between. So I was doing well. I My first lap out there, it was about, it was sunny and kind of warmish, but really windy, uh, and uh, then my second interval, it clouded over in this huge dark clouds, and, the, and I could just see it. It's just starting to spit rain a little bit, and it's just coming it's coming at me. But I thought at some point this is going to hit me, and the wind completely shifted the opposite direction because it'd been a south wind. Now it's a north wind. Third interval, I hit got caught in the middle of a hailstorm, and I'd taken my sunglasses off at this point because it was really dark, and so uh, I couldn't see, see that well. So the hail was like hitting me right in the face. I'm just finished this big climb, and it was, oh, it was awful. And my hands were frozen, my feet were frozen even though I had my toe covers on and only had half gloves on because I wasn't expecting it to be cold and wet and rainy. And then I got through the hailstorm and then it just kind of just started to rain. And then I went through the the next section I rode through. It had rained really hard. So the road was soaking wet and lots of puddles. And so of course I'm getting this big mud stripe all the way up my back up to my, my whole helmet was soaking wet with mud. So you can imagine the whole back was soaking wet with mud because I don't have fenders on my bike, obviously. And, uh, I just, I just kept riding. My hands were so cold that I couldn't even feel them anymore. So it, they stopped hurting, but my feet were freezing. So I rode back to my car. My last interval was supposed to be 20 minutes. It was only 16, but I thought, ah, to hell with it. I'd done four of them as it was. And I'd actually been out there a little longer than I'd expected. And I did an hour and 45 minutes. Eric had headed off for a ride too, but he was going up in the hills and doing a lot of climbing. So I hadn't ridden with him. And uh, it was funny. It turned out that he was just like, I don't know, two minutes behind me going up the same hill and got caught in the same hailstorm, except that he was on his way home right then. He went straight home. Whereas I ended up riding in the rain for another half an hour and froze my ass off. So I was feeling pretty epic <laughs> and I was really glad I had my car at the end because I didn't feel like riding up the big mountain to get home. Anyways, uh, that ended up being an hour and 45 minute ride and uh, about another 43k. But when I got home, my bike is so covered in mud. I was so frozen and so filthy and starving. I just couldn't bring myself to, to come in, completely change clothes and wash off my bike and then bring it upstairs to bring it because I had to clean it up to bring it in the house to put it on the trainer upstairs so I ended up okay bailing on the trainer part but you know I felt like the epicness of the ride was uh, good enough <laughs> that's my excuse so anyways you know today I've been doing a little bit of hopping on my on my legs and I'm thinking my shins are feeling pretty good 
So I think I'm kind of over the worst of it. I'm just going to gradually get into trying to run some easy runs every two days for just the next three or four days. And hopefully I can do maybe, if I can run 10K next weekend, I'll be happy and then I'll beef up my long run again. So I think I'm over the worst of it. And I, I kind of know how to deal with uh, my shin splints. But it certainly pisses me off that I uh, I have them. You know, like I, I really thought I was over it now. I, that's what I did. I know y'all thought I was over it too, didn't you? So here's my chiropractor's take on it. She, at her chiropractic place, they also do gait analysis and they they do orthotics. They actually make, or, you know, whatever, you know, design orthotics and have them made for you. And she said, you know, she knows I'm four foot running. She says, if you're four foot running, she says, I think you should take your orthotics out of your shoes. I think your orthotics could be causing some of the problems because orthotics are made for heel strikers. And if you're, so if you're wearing them and you're running with the orthotics in, then you're putting a lot of pressure on the metatarsal pad there, which normally wouldn't be instead of running right on it, you're, you'd actually, you know, be heel striking and then rolling over it instead of actually landing on it. Now I've actually thought about this quite a bit myself. And, uh, one of the reasons I hadn't so far is because I know it says right on the Newton website, not to take out your orthotics, that if you're supposed to be wearing orthotics, keep wearing them. But Melanie thinks that I should gradually get rid of them, go for a run, and then the last 15, 10, 15 minutes of my run, take them out and run without them, and then just build that out. The same way I kind of gradually got into forefoot running. So my last run, I did do that. I ran for 25 minutes, and then I ran 15 minutes without the orthotics. When I first started running without the orthotics, they felt okay for about five minutes. And then for about five minutes, the ball of my right foot really hurt, quite painful to the point where I thought I was going to have to stop. And then it stopped hurting altogether and it felt fine for the rest of the next five minutes. So I kind of had five minutes of good, five minutes bad, five minutes good. And it hasn't hurt me since I got home from my run. That was yesterday. So there's no, not been any lasting effects. So that was kind of interesting, but I think maybe it's just all my bones kind of realigning or something. I don't know. So for the next little while, I am going to start trying to phase out my orthotics and see if that'll help. That'll be thing number 482 that I've done to try and get rid of shin splints. Or maybe I should just start running ultras and not try to go fast anymore and just go slow. What do you think? Okay, so that is my training in a nutshell. My plan, see I'm supposed to be in build one right now and and here's the way it's worked for me with this training plan I've been following. I've basically been able to do one week on and one week off, one week on, one week off because it just seems like there's always something. First I had a really bad cold, then I got my wisdom teeth out, then it's just like one, That's this is what the thing is with life, okay? You can never... Well, I won't say never, but it is really difficult to follow a training plan to the T. It's just almost impossible. And uh, one thing that I heard Joe Friel say, because that's all I seem to do, is quote him. Is that the one that everybody says you have to drink when you say someone's name too many times? Uh, anyways, he said that he, you know, he writes all these books and tells you how to, you know, like it's got a training plan or anything, but... And they're training plans, the kind of training plans he would give to his athletes, he says, but he'd never had a single athlete that he's ever used one of the training plans in his books for because 
you always have to adapt it for that person. And there's always situations and things that that person needs so that uh, you have to consider. So that's kind of interesting. You know, you have to remember that. And uh, I'm, of course, I knew that along. So I've never been too uptight if I'm not following it exactly. All right. So that's about it. Um, I'm going to grab some emails that I want to share with you. And, oh, I'll mention that I actually did register for San Francisco first half marathon. Woo-hoo! So is Eric. His first, this actually be his first half marathon he's going to run. We're going down to San Francisco July 31st. Um, we're going to drive down there a couple of days to drive down there. Going to stay downtown. My son is coming with us. He's 13. He'll probably sleep because the stupid marathon, half marathon starts at 6 o'clock in the morning or some god-awful time. And uh, we're going to run it just for fun. Eric and I are going to run it together unless he suddenly gets all competitive and takes off on me. But uh, anyways, just just go have a good time and and um, hopefully meet up with a bunch of friends. So if you're in the San Francisco area and we've ever connected in any way, you know, send me an email or whatever. Because we are going to try and set up a tweet up for all our Twitter pals or Daily Mile pals and Facebook friends or whatever, you know. So I'd love to, to meet some people and... and uh, yeah, we're going to have some good times down there. We're we're not just going to go for the race. We're going to go straight down, do the race, and then we're going to tour around California. We might even go down to Disneyland, I don't know, and we'll probably go along the coast to California, coast of um of uh Oregon back and uh see the sights. And you know, we got the whole summer off, so we're no big no big rush. We'll probably figure we'll be gone for a couple of weeks. And uh yeah, so keep me posted if you're uh, interested in hooking up at some point. All right, so let's grab my mail because, first of all, I wanted to share one email that I got from Elena. Elena, who is a new listener. She said she just started listening to the podcast about a month ago. And uh, she said, funny thing was, she'd seen the podcast on iTunes when she was looking for triathlon podcasts, but she didn't download it right away because she thought I was in Hawaii. Kelowna sounds Hawaiian, right? And I, I can totally understand that. And she thought, I can't listen to someone who's running and biking in warm weather and swimming in beautiful, clear water. So needless to say, I've enjoyed listening to your Canadian weather because it helped motivate me, motivate me through our cold weather and snow this winter in PA. Uh, by the way, she says, I live in Punxsutawney, PA. That's Pennsylvania, right? She says, yes, where the groundhog is, if you've heard of Groundhog's Day. Um, and, and I just want to say after that, Elena, I went to, uh, iTunes and I changed my, um, description on iTunes, the show to say that I'm Canadian. So hopefully, uh, that'll, uh, <laughs> if anybody else, cause I, a couple of people have said they thought I was in Hawaii. So I'll throw the Canada in there and that'll help clarify things to people. So anyways, um, Elena went on... Uh, she's just commenting nice comments about my, about my show. And then she said, uh, here's her story. My running story began four years ago when I was a self-proclaimed non-runner. I was active, but not running. At the time I was 26. My uncle was diagnosed with esophageal cancer and he planned on doing a 5k at the Cincinnati Flying Pig. So many family members decided to do the race too. 
Oh, I keep losing my spot. Hang on. Okay. I decided that if my uncle could train while going through chemo and radiation, I certainly could. I literally started running a, a three-minute run and, a, and walking three minutes, and I worked up from there. My uncle, who ended up passing away a month later, still beat my time and many other family members, but at least we all got to start the race together. We had been living in Lexington, Kentucky, but decided at the end of that summer to move back to PA to be closer to family. My brother died a couple months later, and then another uncle. That'll become relevant when I talk about my plans for the race season. That next race season, I trained for a half marathon to be held in Erie, Pennsylvania. I completed it, but the next half wasn't pretty. But the second half wasn't pretty because I was not prepared for the humidity. Oh, yeah, I could never handle humidity either. We have a local race in Punxsy. Punxsy, did I say that right? Um, on our rails to trails, which is an old railroad tracks that have been turned into bike and running trails that I plan to do in September. I completed the 10K and I won my age group. And then I found out several weeks later that I was pregnant. The next race season, I did again the local race, but only a 5K. And my daughter was a couple of months old. Well, and uh, I almost threw up because I was so out of shape. <laughs> Last year's race season, I trained for the Pittsburgh Half Marathon while pushing my daughter in the stroller. I did much better than that half and had a much better time. I resumed my 10K appearance at the local Punxsy race and took second in my age group. I also wanted to mention at the middle to end of last year's race season, I started running in Hirachis, the minimalist shoes. Did I say that right? Hirachis? Yeah. They were talked about in the book Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. And the kits can be found on invisible shoes. I started out slow, five minutes at a time, but I built up and I ran the 10K, the above 10K in them. Now, this uh, season, I've been running in the minimalist shoes for all my training, even though, even through some ice and snow. My family decided to again do the flying pig for our four-year anniversary of the last time that my uncles, my brother, and the rest of my family all ran together for the last time. And so, the first weekend in May, I will be doing the 5K and half and half in Cincinnati, and I've been signed, signed up my daughter for the flying piglet race in the in the two-year-old division that I can't wait to see. That'll be so cute. I've also been doing the Pittsburgh, uh, I'll also be doing the Pittsburgh half again, but in my Hirachis. Additionally, I've decided to do a local sprint triathlon in June that benefits the Habitat for Humanity, Indiana County, PA. I'm a board member. It'll be a 3.5-mile run, 9.5-mile bike, and a half-mile swim. I wasn't concerned about the bike or the run, but I have a huge fear of putting my face in the water. It stems from a close call I had at a beach several years ago, but it's something I've never tried to work through. I started taking swimming lessons, and I've worked up to 50 yards doing freestyle with a little anxiety, but I still have a ways to go to complete the race, and I've come a long way already. There are a few other races that I hope to do, but I'll be ending the season doing the Tough Mudder with some friends and family. This is a 10K, 10K half marathon, depending on where you do it, with 22 obstacles. <laughs> sounds fun, and it sounds muddy, given it's called Mudder, I'm just guessing. It'll be challenging, but it should be a lot of fun. By the way, I started my running journey at 11 to 11 and a half minute mile, and I'm still around a 10 to 10, 30 minute mile, but I'm hoping with continued weight loss and minimalist running to continue to improve my times. But I still struggle with just having fun. My main goal of running and racing and 
and is tamping and tamping down my uh, competitive side. I also wanted to mention that I'm a former vegetarian that's currently following the paleo diet. Since I heard you talk about your nutrition journey, I thought you might be interested. I've noticed a big improvement in recovery time, stamina, and overall energy levels, as well as improved brain functioning. It was doing so well after having the little one, haha. <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank you for the time and energy you put into your podcast, and uh, the information's been beneficial to my journey and training, especially working through my swimming issues. You've been a source of motivation and inspiration, blah, 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 blah. Okay, they always say nice things. Thank you so much, Elena. Um, yeah, and you know, man, she's got quite a story, and that is so cool. And obviously a young, young girl here. She's, what, 30 maybe, not even, just barely 30. And a little girl at home, you know, and so hard, I think. Like, I just remember when I was that age and had little kids at home, um, I had my first two daughters when I was 23 and 25. And I'll tell you, I did not do any kind of athletic endeavors whatsoever. And I don't know how people have the energy to do that when they have little kids. I'm constantly impressed with that. And uh, yeah, you've really, it sounds like you've really just kept getting out there and trying new things. And uh, I found the uh, part about your family with your um, uncles and your brother who passed away, you know, that's that's really touching and, and really nice that you guys do that together as a sort of way to remember them by so good job Alina and you know that swimming thing I swear you know I was so fearful of the water but if you just break it down into little tiny steps and say okay what are you afraid of um, and then just say okay I, I swear like even when I started swimming in the open water I was so scared of the um, that this seeing a weed or anything so I would just I stayed in the shallows and I swam and I would just swim as far as I could till I was comfortable and then the next time I would go I would try to go a little further and and uh, I kept forcing myself to swim over the weeds every once in a while and tell myself that they're just little plants in the garden and they're all lovely and just whatever, you know, whatever it takes. And as far as swimming the distance, yeah, you know, you just have to get out there and swim on a regular basis and, and the distance will come. So I think you did well getting uh, swimming lessons too because I think that'll really help. Also, if they have a master swim program um, in your area, you might want to join that because then you can be swimming with other people and have that... Um, a little bit of uh, coaching that happens from that. So thank you very much to Elena and welcome to the show. And I trying to remember, I think she just also joined the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast listeners Facebook group too, I think if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Now the other email I got was from Michael, Michael W. I don't want to say people's last names, but uh, he, he's written a couple of times before and he said, Hey, K girl, congrats on the half. Quite a nice time and an iffy weather. Don't be too hard on yourself, though. You gave yourself over to the race and you did great. It's okay if you ran your all and didn't slow yourself down. A race is not a training run. At the same time, so competitive. And I, I know you're right, Michael. I know. I just, I don't know. You know, you set yourself a goal and you say, this is what I want to do. Uh, even if what you end up doing is still good, I think you're always still a little bit frustrated. If you don't meet the goal that you set for yourself, I don't know. Anyways, um, back to his email. He said, I'm so far from being better than anyone, I don't have to worry. We were in a small local trail race last fall. I think it was seven or eight miles. And my wife and I and one other competitor had flasks and gels and handhelds and all the other true runners. He's got true in brackets. Had nothing. It was a nice sprint for them, whereas for us it was an endurance trial. The three of us vied for last place, and I took the last slot because I'm a gentleman. 
When we got back to the start and finish, there wasn't one banana or anything left. But who got more out of the race? For the other runners, it was just another joy run. But for us three, it was a test of determination and fitness. I won, even though my name was last on the list. Yada, yada. But we race against ourselves, right? The prizes aren't anything anyways. All right. And, you know, Michael, that's so true. And and, and uh, I, I was thinking that the other day, too, when I was thinking, you know, I'm talking about trying to do a half marathon as a training run. And I think, God, you know, like a year ago, I couldn't run more than 12K. So I, I really got to just realize, you know, no matter what you're doing, you're always, well, I won't say always, but you're almost always doing better than you were you know, six months ago, you know, it's just, it's a slow, gradual build. We we are all at the level that we're at and there's always somebody uh, doing better and someone who's slower and someone who's a newer racer and someone who's racing for their whole life, you know? So anyways, uh, Michael also had an idea for the show. He said, uh, I'm the, he said, you're sort of the queen of complementary and alternative medical therapies physiotherapists, coaches, chiro, massage, and many, maybe more. I can't keep track. He says, I'm a doctor, which means I know nothing about what these people do or can offer. I've been to a couple of chiros and I've had one massage at the gym. I'd be interested in who you see, why, which one do you see for what, how do you know when you have a good one, and what do they do? Maybe you could get a couple of interviews or audio of what a session is like. We've already heard you breathing hard. Now let's hear you moan and groan, he says with a smiley face. And uh, anyways, um, he also commented that he really liked the closing song. He gave me an idea as a guest for Run, Try, Chat too, by the way. And uh, he said he loves a closing song. He wants to track it down. And so I would just let you know that it's by Great Big C and it's a song called Here and Now. And Great Big C is a Canadian kind of a Celtic rock band. You know, they they're they're from back east uh, in in the uh, Maritimes area, so they very much got that uh, maritime music feel. But they've also do some good rock music as well. So um, just, I quite like them. And they're not only on iTunes where you can buy all their albums and great music to buy, but they also have it up on Podcast Alley, so I can use it on my show, which is nice. So I've been sticking with that one. All right, so thank you very much, Michael, and that gives me the topic for the show today. Now, I know I'm already 40 minutes into this, but uh, what can I say? This is the way it's going to be. It's going to be a long show, so you'll have to use it for your long run. Yeah, so, you know, all these complementary alternative medicine. Uh, first of all, let me just tell you a little bit my my sort of my philosophy um, as far as alternative medicine is concerned. I'm I'm... I guess I kind of, uh, the jury is out for me on the whole idea of the, you know, the naturopathic medicine and the, and the alternative medicine type stuff, because I'm really a scientist in my mind. Okay. Like I'm a scientist at heart. Uh, I'm not saying the stuff that they do, that naturopaths do isn't uh, valid. I think it probably is very valid. And what I like about the, uh, the naturopathic medicine is that they're really looking at it from a much more holistic view, a preventative view, um, and that is all good. But my problem with a lot of the stuff like supplements and um, some of these therapies per se is that there isn't a lot of scientific data to prove that they work. You know, it's it's a lot of that stuff is based on testimonial. So I am, I tend to be kind of a bit of a skeptic for a lot of stuff. And I myself probably, I went to a naturopath once. They did some testing on me, which involved putting, they had this little electronic thing and I had to hold little vials of 
of extracts from foods and then they held this little little machine beside my finger which uh, I don't even remember what the hell it was supposed to do, but it, you know, it would get everyone so I'll go, room, room, you know, make this little weird noise. And that meant I'm allergic to that food or sensitive to that food. Well, it was, I don't know. I thought the whole thing just seemed like a huge sham for a couple hundred bucks I spent on this stupid test, which is, it just seemed like a bunch of bull. And when I Googled it after and looked for like some scientific proof, where they've actually taken, you know, done this test and done a double blind study on it. Yeah, no such thing. So uh, that's sort of where I stand as far as alternative medicine is concerned. But uh, what I do believe in um, is the whole, like I say, complementary medicine as far as um, sports injuries are concerned. And I, I believe in my doctor. My doctors are, I have a couple of doctors, they're great doctors, and I see them for all sorts of medical things. And I have been in to see my doctor a couple of times for sports-related, muscle-related stuff. But to be honest, doctors tend to treat everything with either don't do that anymore. If that hurts, don't do it. You know, it's or you need more rest or like don't run, don't bike. Or, you know, oh, well, that's just, you know, sort of the it goes with age or whatever. You Well, no wonder you're hurting you. Do all that crazy triathlon stuff, you know. Or they want to give you... It's it's either um, um, uh, drug drugs or surgery. I mean, this seems to be the main ways that they want to treat things. So it's it's always always about treatment. Um, that's just a little bit, I don't know, a little heavy duty. And uh, once I, d- I had a doctor who recommended I go to physiotherapy. So I once I started going to physiotherapists, I started feeling that was a lot. I don't know, it just seemed to be more specific, more effective with somebody who really knows a lot about muscles and bones and joints and ligaments and all of these different parts. I knew nothing about my body uh, as far as muscles are concerned before I started going to a physiotherapist. And it's it's amazing. I've learned the names of all these muscles. I know what all these things are, and I never used to know that. So I've I've also become, become quite knowledgeable from reading uh, information online and I don't mean just at any website, but uh, just actually reading, you know, journals and and articles and things that describe, you know, the various kinds of things, that, injuries that you can get and the muscles that are involved. So uh, my, one of Michael's questions is like, who do I go to and why? And then how do I know who's good? Um, all I can tell you about is my experiences, okay? I There's probably, you know, there's probably as many opinions and viewpoints out there on this um, as there are people. But uh, if I have something very seriously wrong with me, I will definitely go to see a medical doctor and I will discuss with them. I will bring it up about whether or not I should go and see some other um, complementary medicine like chiropractics or whatever. I've always been a little cautious of chiropractors. I get freaked out if they want to crack my neck. And I got a little frustrated in general with chiropractics when they started getting into the point of wanting to cure everything that's out there. Uh, I had a guy come in one time to talk about chiropractics at school once about his job and he talked about curing a common cold with a with chiropractics and I just you know I started losing it right at that point however Melanie my chiropractor is um, certified in active release technique which is very different from the regular chiropractics and I've talked to her about my opinions before so she knows where I stand and she is in full agreement with me um, that chiropractics cannot cure cancer okay they're not going to cure your cold they're not going to you know basically they're there to 
to cure what makes sense, I guess. You have to use common sense in my mind. So I went to see her because originally, how did I pick her? You know, and I, I asked around and I think sometimes when you're going to go and see a physiotherapist or a chiropractor, um, I think it's good to find somebody who's, who is specializes in sports injuries. First of all, uh, awful lot of physiotherapists out there who deal with elderly and, uh, it's a totally different ball game. So if they do most of their work with um, young people or older people or, you know, people that are doing different you know, work injuries and that sort of thing, uh, I think that they're just a little bit more knowledgeable and probably a little more appreciating of how much you want to get out and run or bike. And they'll have a little bit more realistic idea of whether or not you should be. So I, I've seen a few different physiotherapists over the years, but um, the ones that, the ones that I'm seeing right now are people that I have one, have had recommended to me, and two, I've done enough research on them to know that they've got a good history in the therapy that I want. And um, and then I when I meet with them, you know, it's all about the rapport that you set with them. And one of the things I always ask them is what sports they do. You know, are they athletic? Do they do sports? They don't have to do the same sports as I do. In fact, I, I may even go to somebody who doesn't do sports, but it's always kind of nice if you have someone who can relate to your specific sport. Uh, the gal that's my chiropractor, the reason I picked her, among other things, is that she'd been doing active release technique for about five years, and she's fully qualified in it, and that's one of the main things that she does. So she does a lot of it, and that, I think, is important. It's not something that she just does once in a while. So, you know, the more you do something, the better you are at it. And her mom happens to be... Uh, a little bit older than me, and she is. She won the top Okanagan women's um, at uh, top, top Okanagan woman at Ironman Canada a couple of years ago. She is an amazing runner. She's probably the fastest women uh, female runner in Kelowna, and um, she's like in the fifty-five to fifty-nine age group. She's just an amazing athlete. So I figured, you know. <laughs> I know it's, you know, just a, an odd thing, but I thought, you know, her mom is an amazing triathlete and she is in chiropractics and she, she I just felt like she probably had a little bit more of a handle on, on that uh, whole end of things. So that was the other reason I picked her. And uh, the other person I'm going to see right now is uh, a physiotherapist. And physiotherapists that I'm going to, I ha- there's two of them I've been to and one, both of them are specialize in sports and have a huge um, background in uh, both of them have done stuff for, with the Olympic athletes and stuff like that. So, I mean, they really, really know their stuff. And uh, Martha, the one I'm going to see right now, was recommended to me by Melanie. Plus, I went to a workshop uh, on recovery uh, that their their uh, clinic put on. It was really interesting. I kind of liked, I liked to listen to what she had to say. I found her interesting. And... Um, so I am going to see her because she does what's called IMS. And uh, these two f- therapies are both quite more, quite a bit more advanced. I don't want to say more advanced, but a little more aggressive, I guess, than some of the other things that I've had done at in physio. And I really wanted to try and treat these um, a little bit more aggressively. So... That's, uh, you know, that's sort of why and how I picked the people that I'm picking, okay? Um, and I found, well, gee, I, I guess what I want to talk a little bit about is is physiotherapy. What do they do? And uh, 
I've had a lot of different things done at physiotherapy. So first of all, a physiotherapist will do all a little bit of everything really they'll do some massage usually you come in and you're usually there for about an hour or so and they'll usually you know do some kind of assessment if it's your first point so they're always going to assess you and um and then once when you're going in just for regular treatments of some sort you'll usually go two or three times and maybe once or twice a week for over a period of time before you you know it's not very often you can get fixed in one session Although with a chiropractor, you sometimes can if they just put your back in the right position again. But uh, with physiotherapy, not. Uh, you'll go in and lay down. They usually apply some heat, depending on what's wrong with you. A lot of times they'll apply some heat to the area that they're going to be working on just to warm it up. Um, I've had uh, even my legs immersed in a in a sort of a hot tub bath a few times um, at one place I went to, things like that. So they're going to be working on them. They will do things, uh, they'll do massage, they'll do um, some kind of almost like chiropractic manipulations where they, you know, they can move your hips back into place if your hips are out or things like that. I've had my, what's called my shins stripped where they actually run their thumb or an elbow uh, up straight up the inside of my shin to to break up the adhesions and the or muscles that are stuck together and lo- some of that stuff is really painful some of them do acupuncture some of them do uh, I mean acupuncture is just put they put the needles in and then they just leave them there and they just sit there for a while and I've had acupuncture a couple times. In fact, my medical doctor has actually done acupuncture on me a few times. And uh, although I've heard lots of people say it's really successful, I didn't have any luck with it. But that's not to say I don't believe that it would work. I'm sort of the jury's out on acupuncture for me right now. And IMS, intramuscular stimulation, is very much like acupuncture, except that uh, they use a little bit thicker needle, just slightly thicker, and you really don't feel the needles going in. It's the... It's almost, you almost don't feel it at all. But when they get the needle in, it's quite deep. It goes right down to where the muscle is. And then they turn it or twist it or move it. And it triggers um, a little bit of an electrical reaction or a cramping in the muscle uh, right at that. So it catches the muscle and it causes a little bit of, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure I can explain it very well, but it feels kind of like a charley horse or a cramp in the muscle when they move it the right way can be extremely painful for about three, four seconds. And then, then they pull the needle out. And so if you have, um, you know, a very, very sore muscle or a muscle that's injured, they'll do maybe two or three along that muscle. And, uh, after after they do it, you'll have a sort of a general ache, achy feel, but it's not painful. It but the feeling of the needle being zapping your muscle, it really hurts. If your muscles are sore, if you're injured, if you're not injured, it doesn't really hurt very much at all because it doesn't really catch. It doesn't have anything to catch. But what happens is all those muscles that are in your body, um, apart from getting injured, um, some they they tighten up, you know, or they stick together. And they tighten up and they'll be tightened up to protect uh, an injured spot. Or there might be a tendon that's injured or a ligament that's sore. And then everything kind of locks up around it. And so a lot of the things they do in physiotherapy are done to help, you know, make this, yeah, break up t- scar tissue, which is what's called an adhesion, or to separate muscles that are stuck together 
or to lengthen muscles. Um, that's one of the things that happens with active release technique that I see my chiropractor for. And that's another fairly painful thing to go through. Um, and it's very hard work to do it too. Um, and then they'll sometimes do ultrasound uh, where they, they just rub the ultrasound machine with the gel over and over and over the area. And that stimulates a blood flow to that area, which, um, you know, helps it to heal more quickly. Um, they have t- a TENS machine, some of them, where they put little pads on you and, and zap it with little tiny jolts of electricity that not doesn't feel bad. It just feels like a little sparky feeling, which also helps with pain management. Uh, and then when I was there the other day, she did something else, which is kind of like a TENS machine, but I actually don't remember what it's called, but she said it was sort of a step up from that. Quite, quite a bit more, um, the electrical jolting was quite a bit more, and it does more than just um, deal with pain. It actually helps to break up and heal, break up the adhesions and whatnot and heal the uh, problem. And all of these things that they do, they're all, they've all been documented. They've all been, um, you know, there's been research studies done to prove that they are effective ways of treatment. So it's not to me, not so out there as some of the alternative medicines. Now, before you start emailing me and calling me and telling me, oh my God, you don't like my opinions on naturopathic care. Remember, this is just my opinion. Okay. And this is my experience so far. It's just what I believe in. I'm not telling you that you should, if you're going to a naturopath and you're finding, um, you know, relief from whatever problems you have, then go for it. You know, uh, I think the brain is really mostly what's in charge of, of, uh, so much of our, our pain and that we have or, or injuries and illnesses and things. And, uh, you know, it's, I think there's a, a placebo effect for all of us, no matter what we go to, what we see. And, and, uh, it doesn't really matter how you get cured so long as you get fixed. Right. So, um, that's just my opinion. Uh, so all of those different kinds of things I'm talking about physiotherapists do. I'm not going to get most of those things because that's most of that stuff just hasn't been working for me. You know, they're just too, they're not aggressive enough, I guess. And that's why I've been doing the active release technique, which is really, it's like I go in there and I can, you know, maybe my whole hip is out because this, my whole problem is I have this anterior impingement at my hip. So this is one damaged uh, ligament that, and which is now locked up my whole hip, my, on my left hip and, and the groin, it's sort of right attached right in the front of my hip. So they, they've been doing everything they can do. And I've been going twice a week for about three or four weeks, just trying to hit it really hard and see if that could help. So I go in and I can hardly move this leg and I walk out and bang, I can move it in any direction I want. Same thing as when I get IMS on this, on it. So Melanie is working with the muscles on the uh, sort of the surface and uh mel and martha is is zapping them from within using the ims and between the two of them uh you know you they are it is improving but my problem is that i just it isn't it isn't staying it lasts it doesn't last it's not lasting for me and we are trying to figure out they're frustrated they can't figure out why I'm not responding as quickly to the treatment as, as they can. So, uh, Melanie said, go get an x-ray. 
We want to get an x-ray of your hip and see. So I have to go see my medical doctor to get a referral for an x-ray. So I did. Talked to the doctor, told him that what my favorite... My physiotherapist wants an x-ray and he agreed. Uh, so I had the x-ray last week. should get it back Tuesday. Nobody's expecting it to show anything, but they just want to rule that out. She's also thought if that comes back negative, then she'd like to also maybe get soft tissue imaging of some sort. Could be ultrasound, uh, a real ultrasound, or it could be um, MRI. But uh, to tell you right now, Canada... To get an MRI for something that's not life-threatening, you're waiting like a year and a half. So I, if I'm not cured in a year and a half, we're, we got big troubles. But nevertheless, I'll probably get on the wait list just so that I've got on the wait list. And then if I get fixed up, I'll just take my name off. Yeah, so Canadian medicine is good for some things and not so good for others. Um, and the other thing my doctor said when I went to see my medical doctor is uh, he decided to send me to refer me to a sports uh, doctor, sports medical doctor. So it takes about a month to get in to see a sports specialist, which is actually one of the specialists that isn't too long to get in. A month around here is not that long. So I'm going to go and see him. I haven't heard yet when my appointment is, but once I get the appointment, I'm going to go and see him and see what they have to say. They may have some other ideas. And uh, they're the only ones that could actually um, do give me an uh, refer me for an MRI anyways, if I wanted to get one. So yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else there is out there. There's physiotherapists, chiropractors, and of course, chiropractors also, you know, they, they'll, um, put your back into position, right? And I do find my hips go out. So I have one hip higher than the other. And, um, that obviously affects running and biking, right? And because of my low back problems, which I have, then uh, that is something that I do have to get fixed. But my physiotherapist also can put my, my straighten my hips out by just a certain action that she does as well. So, um, so that's always worthwhile. And, you know, then you think, well, would you just, would it all just go away if I just ignore it? Right. Um, some people say, well, yeah, no, I don't bother going to them. I just, it'll go away eventually. Right. And I guess see, this is, the, this is sort of what I did. This hip issue I have has been bothering me for three years. Okay, it's been a problem for three years. But the shit hit the fan, so to speak, when I started skate skiing in this winter, and I really hurt it. And that to the point now that I really, I have a hard time. I can't bring my left foot up, up and out. Like I can't bring my left foot up and then turn my leg out to like put my shoe on. Can't throw my bike, my leg over my bike. Um, I have to be really careful how I walk so that if I just twist my knee a little bit out, it twinges and then it hurts for, you know, a couple of days. Um, yeah, it's just a real pain in the butt. So a pain in the hip. So I, I'm really trying hard to get it fixed and that's why I've been going to all this, but physiotherapy and chiropractic and all that stuff, it's really expensive. It is. And I don't have a very good extended medical plan for that sort of thing. So if I had a physiotherapy appointment that was maybe 65 bucks, I get $8 back. So I got to pay the rest of it out of my own pocket. So I'm not going to do this for very much longer, but I thought, well, maybe it's worth the investment to hit it really hard for th two or three weeks and see what happens. So there you go, Michael. I don't know if that answers all your questions or if you have, if that's created new questions for you. 
Um, you know, if you were wondering anything else, uh, anybody, uh, shoot me an email at colonagirl at gmail.com. K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L. And, uh, yeah, I, remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physiotherapist. I am not a coach. I am not, I'm just a person, okay? And all I'm telling you is about what my experiences have been and my understanding of those experiences and they may not be all correct as you know uh, you probably heard me say incorrect things at some point in your life on this show (laughs) so please don't take my word for it if you're wondering what you should do go see your doctor uh, talk to a sports medical doctor talk to a sports physiotherapist and and find out what works for you and what you need because everybody's different especially if it's your very first injury and of course what I have learned is just about every time I run, bike, or swim, I try hard to ice afterwards. I try hard to remember to stretch afterwards. Um, I do I put, do a lot of these different things that are preventative. And if I can remember, I try also to foam roll my, my IT band and my calves every single day, no matter whether they're hurting or not, because just keeping the muscles loose and s- smooth is half the battle, I think. All right, so I'm going to, this is already well over an hour, but I'm going to, you can shut her down right now if you like, but if you want, I'm going to throw a bit of audio at the end here, and it's, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes long now, of, um, it's just a recording of me and my physiotherapist, uh, Martha, as she is just about to stab me with the needles. Um, I don't swear, I don't think, but I do uh, yelp a lot. So, um, you know, if you want to shut her down now, you can. It's kind of weird. We're just talking. And I think at one point I even drop the recorder. And then at the end, she um, goes out and gets uh, hot pads and stuff, puts them on me. And then I just lay there and I'm covered up with a blanket and hot pads. Because I tend to kind of go into a little bit of a little bit of shock afterwards after she zaps me. <laughs> I think it's a mental thing, really. It's an emotional thing. But I just start shaking all over after she does it to me. So, yeah, it's nice. And then after that, there'll be a little music to end the show with as usual. So I'm going to shut down now by saying, I know I got a bunch of people I want to give shout outs to, but I'm going to save that till next week when I don't have so much stuff to say. But thanks to everybody who's contacted me this week. If a bunch of you have contacted me on Facebook and um, on Daily Mile and, um, and on Twitter, and I really appreciate your comments. So um, I will uh, make sure I let you know that next week if you want to get a hold of me you know just follow you can check out colonagirl.com and you will find links to all of the places that i hang out and you can join follow me on facebook or twitter or daily mile if you like all right have a great have a great week of training and uh, with any luck i'll have good news next week and i am now going to play the recording of martha here we are my physiotherapist bye-bye so, um, yeah, I've been really careful not to let it go out. Okay, good. All weekend it hasn't. It's awesome. It's pretty good. I went now, to see Melanie. Okay. I'm just okay. going to see how I feel. Cause, yeah, I know. You know, it's amazing how it's, how much better it is. It's still not perfect. And uh, it's when I go into pigeon pose that I feel, I still feel. Do you feel like it could conk out? Yeah, I feel a little, I feel some pulling, some tightness, some, okay. a little pain, and it wants to go up. Okay. Because right? okay, that involves 
having that, this yeah, leg and then that, out, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and if I'm really careful, I can kind of get into it, but I can't like lay down on it, right? right. And can you on the other side? Oh, for sure. You totally can. Yeah. Okay. And then what about putting your socks on and things like yeah, that? Yeah, that like stuff's all good right now. I'm 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 careful, but I'm able to reach to do it without a problem yeah. that way. Yeah. Okay. And then what kind of training have you been doing this past um, week? I've been you doing a lot. Yeah, you were yeah, recovering last week from yeah. the from the half So I I've been I've, wor I've worked it out every day as I had a bike LT test on oh, Friday cool. and then I ran an hour Saturday and then I did a three hour bike in a brick on Sunday. Fantastic. And I ran at noon today. Okay. So and when I went yeah. to run today, I'm just gonna tell you that my shins were sore. Okay. And it's the first time they've hurt for a long time. Okay. And uh, I ran through it and ignored them, and they went away eventually. How long did it take to go away? Oh, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And they're they're hurting right in here, and I. And that's where I felt. There yeah, this is where. But you know, it's supposed it to be a big to, deal, right? So the last two days, oh, yeah, geez, right in there. here is like. Are your shoes getting too old? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Because that's something. Yeah. The first sign is just yeah. when little things like this go. Off. No, they're not. They're not that old. They don't have that many miles on them, and mm -hmm. I, and I. This is my chronic thing. Right? Yeah. And so I'm feeling, oh, oh yeah, like right big, in there is yeah. really sore. And there's a really big one right there. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm kind of wondering if you want to stop. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Because I would like to see it go away. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you ever get massage through there? Yep. And, and I've had everything. And this is the first time they've been sore for mm. months, months and months. Okay. So, um, okay. And it might also be just a response to the increase of the big week of training. Yeah, but, yes. but. It's not, you know, we want to stay on top of it. Yeah, sure. I do. And let's just check your alignment too. It is bilateral though, like one isn't worse than the other side? Um, they were different right. pain. The left one was hurting lower, they're both hurting the, the same spot right now though. Um, the left was a little tighter than the right. Yeah, the right normally hurts higher than the left. Like in there? Yeah, well you know there's, there's this big lump right there, you can feel this lump right there, right? Mm -hmm. But right now, this, they're hurting down here. Okay, and this um, tendon yeah. here, this often really hurts me. It's not bothering me right now. But that is the same tendon, so yeah. the muscle yeah. comes down. But it'll start around. flipping over here, right? Okay. And then it, and then, and that hasn't bothered me today. But usually when that bugs me, these don't. Oh really? Yeah. They're either one or the other. Okay. But this one never bothers me. Okay. So. And then how long have um, how long have you not felt? Did you say the like, ankle hasn't bothered me for a couple of weeks? weeks but whereas this has bothered for months yeah and this um yeah this is the shins in there they've just they were kind of achy yesterday and i don't normally i thought oh it's gonna hurt when i run tomorrow and i i sort of normally will not run then okay but yeah. i just sat back with it and it's probably because i i ran for an hour on saturday which was the first time in a week yeah and then i did a brick on sunday yeah it was only 15 minute run still though but you're always gonna yeah. ride yeah and i've never like Do you I'm have that heavy head. feeling when you get off the bike? Was that your first wasn't your first bird, nope. was it? Nope. No, I, did. I felt pretty good. I mean, they felt heavy, but they didn't. They weren't. Like awful. you don't feel like you were like yeah. slamming or anything. No. Oh. <laughs> How's it that direction? That's okay. It's fine. Yep. It's that little twisty. When you rotate, and that's when it wants to pull. It does. No, sure. it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what about if we take it inside? No one's not as bad. It just ends up feeling a little tight. A little bit jammed yeah. almost. I know if I go like, if I do a stretch where I mm -hmm. lay with this and I lay yeah. this one down. It's going, it's going today, but I can't, normally Sometimes I can bring it. Yeah, that'll be in for interesting. Oh, yeah. um, 
Like I can't even pull it right down to my to the ground where I can What stops you there? Where do you feel it? Right there. That's hurting up here. You know, but this whole thing it, whole it's depending on where I'm moving, it hurts in different spots as you know. Okay. Okay. Um which area do you want to do first? What do you think your head would do better with? I don't really care. It all hurts so it is all hurt. Okay. Let's get the groin stuff over with because that's the most mentally challenging. That's good. That's what I want to hear. Which one. <laughs> so I never watch you do this, okay. so I don't really know how long those needles are. Oh, well, maybe did you just see? No, I don't. I, but at the same time, I sort of would like you to just say what it is that you're doing. Really? Yes. Not. I'll plug my ears and won't listen to. I gotta hear it anyway. Get out of here. No, so um, you've got really thin needles that are kind of like acupuncture thin. needles, right? They're only um, the gauge on these is 0.30, mm -hmm. and acupuncture is usually 0.25, so they're just a little bit thicker than acupuncture needles. Okay. And uh, for your groin and hip, I'm gonna say the length right now. Okay. Okay. It's pretty long. 50 millimeters, so five centimeters. So I'm trying to relax right now and I'm pulling my hair so I don't feel like, because they're, they're going to hurt because I ran this morning or at noon a few hours ago. Plus, it makes me crazy. Oh my god, that feel that all the way down to my leg. It's like a spark all the way down the left like, side of my leg. Like which side? Like zoom Yep, like right that? down there. Yep. Like the needles. Like a uh, stabbing, I've never felt that, like electricity. So that probably means that I got a little bit of a cutaneous nerve, which... Oh, ah, ah, that one's Okay, oh. so okay. that was a good one. Yeah, that was great. It jumped. <laughs> you need a camera next. Oh, so yeah, I don't want to do I don't want a video podcast. That would be awful. Adductors now. Yeah. That last okay. one I did was a doctor also. Okay. So then two and a half now I'm Also hyperventilating. <laughs> Need a break. Okay. Okay. She always nicely tells me, okay, so she, I know she's taking the needle out, but it still hurts. <laughs> When you get your breath back, try uh, the kneeling. Actually, try that one that you just did with the leg over to the side where you can't get your knee down to the bed. Okay. Just give yourself a second. Okay. I'll help you lift it up. <laughs> so I want to that say one. that in this little room that we're in, the ceiling <laughs> ha is totally open, so everyone sitting in the uh, no one's here. waiting <laughs> room can hear me squealing. No. So that's a bit better, actually. That's is only it? like that I'm far testing. down from the ground. Um, pop onto your side facing the wall. Okay. So now I'm laying my side. We're testing to see if things are hurting. Are you going to jab my glutes now? Yeah, I hate the glutes. And the recorder's a little bit too close to my screaming face, so I'll pull it down a bit. Um, use a slightly longer needle for the back. Okay, we won't say how long. Okay. Most people that listen to this show are from the States, so they don't know what 50 millimeters is. It milliliters, millimeters is. 
because the glutes are bigger muscle. Oh, that hurts. It's like a massive turn oh, hurts. Oh my god, three inches. Oh my god, I don't want to know that. Now I'm freaking out that I think it is three inches into it goes into my muscle. It's a one oh Christ. God oh, put the explicit label on this week. <laughs> so when it goes in it says intramuscular stimulation. It's yeah. like so but it's not like no, nothing electrical no, happening. No, we're using the body's own natural electrical system. So the stimulus is the needle. The needle is stimulating and causing <gasps> which causes an electrical. Oh, yeah. Electrical. Okay. Okay. Let's try. Let's try whatever test you want to see. Do you want to kneel or do you want to try that one again? I'm going to go into child's pose and see if I can lean down without pain in my groin. And yes, I can. Yeah. I'm just curled up in a, in a fetal position. I want to stay here now. Oh, so everything feels very stiff and achy now. Okay, so then we'll go back and let's just check also that one where you uh, are dropping oh, yeah. the knee. Drop the knee, okay. Oh, that's actually looks tight again. What's stopping you there? Nothing. Nothing's hurting, it's just tight muscles. Okay, mm -hmm. let me just see what this one does. Oh, yeah, that kind of different. No, okay. it's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's check one other thing. Yep. Okay, that's fine. That's not causing me pain. Okay, and then we'll bring it up here. Mm-hmm. And rotate you again. Good. That's not causing pain in those spots. Nope. Good. Awesome. Okay. Good. Let's move down to the to posterior. Okay, so okay. we're going to do the... Shins. The shins. Inside of the shins. I've never had it in the shins before. Okay, so I will tell you that um, with the shins, because the nerves are quite closer to the, they're more superficial, mm -hmm. if you do get a spark down to your foot, let me know, I'll take it right out. Mm -hmm. It's not damaging the nerve, but it's also, I'm not going for that. I'm going for the muscle, but the, the nerve and the muscle, they're really so close, close together. So, so you if I hit up with that. Okay, <laughs> so if I feel the sparking. Yeah. Stop. Okay. Yeah. I never felt that before. That was the first time I felt that. Well, there it's less. I mean, you don't feel as much up here or as often up here in the hip because the nerves are, the muscle's way bigger, the nerves are way deeper. Whereas here, it's a little more common just because. Yep. Because um, the nerve travels right beside this muscle. And it doesn't damage the nerve. I mean, it might damage it if I stayed on it and just poke, poke, poked, but I would. But anyway, you let me know. Okay. And these are short, by the way. <laughs> yeah, if you went three inches, you go right through my Yeah, these are quite a bit shorter. <sighs> so, I'm gonna think this is gonna <gasps> hurt, because it's sore. Ow. <sighs> that spark, my heel. I find too that getting this done makes me shake all over. That's the uncontrollable like system working. Okay. 
So I'm messing up my hair and I gotta go get my driver's license picture after this. Ow. What a way to spend your birthday. Oh, it's your birthday? Yeah. Oh, our computer you should be nicer. Didn't even look. My computer has a little birthday icon. <laughs> I don't have time to do anything fun today. This is fun. I had to come here, so that's why I ran at noon. Ow. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to run after this. Nope. I can't even walk after this usually. <laughs> yeah. Especially what we're doing down here. But, you know, despite all the agonizing pain of the few seconds that hurts, really, um, it's really, I've got to say, it's one of the things that's the most effective in fixing these muscles. So I, I don't want to freak people out when they hear me, but some people are asking me to re to record coming in here. <gasps> that sharpening, that's like needles. That's More like... Oh, and I guess I accidentally turned it off probably at some point when I, when I was uh, dropping it. So I have no idea what we missed. Just more shrieking, so we don't need to hear all of it anyways. So I'm feeling okay right now, but I'm shaking all over. So I had three needles in the groin, three in the adductor, three in the glutes, and three in each of my shins. And the adductor, glutes, and, and uh, groin area was all on my left hip, which is my problem hip. The sun must say